0: Atheist Nomads, episode 257, The Blasphemous Bible, with Craig Wells.
1: The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo haws Please be advised.
0: Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. I am Dustin, and joining me is Lauren. Hello! A little bit later in the episode, we'll be joined by Craig Wells, talk about his new book, The Blasphemous Bible. Uh, that will be in the second segment, and the third segment we'll be talking to him about his uh, story growing up in the Adventist Church and the eerie similarities to my own experience.
1: Yeah, these guys get pretty. Uh, yeah, they get pretty down.
0: Yeah, it was. There was a lot of of rough bits. So yeah, um, that's yeah. what she
1: said. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who know moi, I am a huge dog fan. Right? I love dogs. Yep. I started listening to a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? And it is awesome. And I highly recommend it for anybody who is obsessed with dogs. Or if you just own a dog and want to hear other people's crazy stories about their dogs.
0: Or if you want to hear two of the most adorable women in podcasting.
1: (laughs) Slight bias there. In a related note, I am putting together Boise's first Corgi Festival. It is an all-Corgi, all-not-day event. And it's not only Corgis. It's everybody. You know what? It's just more like just a big old dog festival. But there's going to be a Corgi Parade and a Corgi Derby and a costume contest. So those of you who are local, go down to Ann Morrison Park on August 18th or find uh, my page on Facebook, uh, Boise Corgi Fest.
0: And also Twitter. And Twitter. And Instagram.
1: And maybe a subreddit that I created. I'm social media blitzed.
0: So find Boise Corgi Fest everywhere on the internet.
1: We're looking for vendors. We're looking for artists. We're looking for volunteers. Um, And on a throwback note, I posted about this event on Can I Pet Your Dogs Facebook group. And what happens, but I get a response saying, oh my gosh, I'm in Boise. Oh my gosh, I think I listened to your podcast. We have to be friends. So, on a totally like unrelated note, two atheist dog lovers have have come together here in Boise and we'll be friends. Rebecca, I'm looking forward to meeting you. And Mal.
0: And you know, we have listeners here. I know. We don't know all of them. No. Say hello. Yes, please. Yeah. I would love to know. It, we've also done one live show for, for with you know, a live audience that was in Tacoma we still haven't done one in Boise we need to get to that we're totes gonna do one sometime here. eventually
1: someday okay that's all the news for now
0: okay and uh June 30 this sat- coming Saturday uh is the national protesting the child separation rallies uh the one in Boise is going to be at noon on the state capitol um, look around the internet to find the one in your area and go to it.
1: Yeah, the group uh, here is called what? Poder, P-O-D-E-R. Yeah, kind of a stupid name, but yeah, you know, ac- acronyms. What are you going to do? All
0: right. So in the news, uh, we're going to start off in France. Since 2015, more than 240 people have died in terrorist attacks, and all of those are perpetrated by Islamic extremists. So on Saturday, anti-terrorist police acting on information from french intelligence arrested 10 would-be terrorists what's different i was gonna say oh what a great headline they're all linked to the far right and we're trying to stockpile weapons to use in attacks against muslims
1: ah there it is folks
0: yeah in france like, right now, you look at the countries where there is a terrifying amount of fascist activity in the government, it's the U.S., Italy, a handful of other countries, Western Russia. Western
1: democracy. Oh, okay, in so... France. Western, yeah, every You know what? Everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Russia is trying to push it, because how can Russia reclaim its empire? Kill NATO and the EU. Yep.
1: Break up that treaty. And they can invade whoever they want, whenever they want. People yep. will react, but it's not going to be in the sheer numbers. And
0: I, I fully suspect that he wants to get Putin wants hostilities or at least tensions between France and Germany again, because that worked really well f- for them for many centuries and allowed them to conquer all of Eastern Europe. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's happening, um, and it, it sucks. Uh sticking with France, you've probably seen the video by now. It's a elderly Catholic priest trying to calm a crying baby that he is supposed to baptize.
1: Oh. Oh okay, so this this kind of video would normally not phase me. It's just like whatever, just news. But I've recently had a baby. So this hit me where it hurt.
0: So he slaps the baby.
1: Yeah, he slapped it. To get it to stop crying, which if you've ever slapped a child, guess what happens? Wait, it's the it,
0: baby's going to cry more. The baby cries more. So that didn't work out. So then how does he respond? He slaps the kid again. Then the parents have to exert both parents. It takes both of them exerting a ridiculous amount of force to pry their baby out of the hands of this priest. Who keeps slapping him? Oh,
1: I only saw the one slap on the video, but
0: there, there's there's two. I, the video I may, I may a, have stopped it before it. And the video has a poor angle. Yeah. Oh
1: but, man. But um, they said that the you know he uh, he apologized afterwards, and uh, apparently he has he was tired, and um, yeah, that's no excuse. This is a very special moment for a family. You can't. Oh my god.
0: Uh, yeah. So, in response to this, the DOC in France that he, he serves in, and he's 89 years old. they yeah, have sus- He's lost it. They've suspended him. Um, he will specifically not be allowed to conduct baptisms, weddings, or mass until further notice. Of course, they also had explained that this was, quote, This loss of self-control can be attributed to the fatigue of an elderly priest, but that doesn't excuse it.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Well... If the fatigue can result in that much of a loss of self control, it sounds like he should have retired years ago.
1: It's, yeah, but I doubt these priests have pensions.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, they usually just move into the monastery or stay living in the DOC, but they don't need to keep working.
1: Yeah, the, it was it was just really a, I don't know. I thought I thought it was upsetting. I can't imagine how the mom and dad felt because it was they were stunned. I mean, it took them a second.
0: Yeah, they couldn't believe what was happening.
1: Literally could not believe. Somebody like grabbed the priest and like tried to pull him away, and it's was like, oh my god, this is a nightmare. Anyway, priest yeah. bad. Oh man. Baby's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. A pastor in South Africa had a complaint filed against him by the South African Human Rights Commission in 2013 for anti-LGBT hate speech. In arbitration, the next year, he agreed to not make statements blaming gays and lesbians for social problems or diseases, advocate hate, or call for their removal from society. (laughs) Okay. He also agreed to not advocate harmful behavior against them, and agreed to not go beyond what the Bible says. Now, that is a horrible standard, because what the Bible says to do to gay people is kill them. Right. Well, only gay men. It only says to kill gay men. Lesbians in the Bible are just uh, given over to the carnal mind. But Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. They're already there anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> So yeah, if you're only going with the Bible, gay men should be killed. Okay. End of story. So that's not good. So no, that, that's a terrible agreement. So anyway, he continued to advocate for gays and lesbians to be locked up in cages. That's not biblical. That is less than killing them. And also, the Bible doesn't say to do anything against lesbians. He blamed them for pedophilia. That's not in the Bible. And he also suggested that ISIS should come rid South Africa of the homosexual curse.
1: Oh, wow. Inviting ISIS. thats, that's That'll work out great. Uh-huh.
0: Also, <laughs> not biblical.
1: Plus, as I'm assuming this guy's a Christian?
0: Yeah, Christian pastor. As, as a
1: Christian, ISIS is, would not be good news. Mm-mm.
0: No, very bad news. Jesus. So then, oh, and of course there was more, but this is just the stuff that he either said in interviews with the media or on public forums online. (laughs) Yeah. Like in the comment sections for newspapers. Then in response to this, the equality court has held him in contempt, ruling that his religious beliefs do not justify hate speech. And since he's promised to be good, Again, they have suspended his sentence, but if he makes one more comment, he's going straight to jail.
1: I mean, of course, of course he's not going to stick with it. No. He's already, no.
0: He okay. is, he's not going to let a court tell him to stop preaching the word of God. No, that's not how that works. Also, none of this, none of these complaints have anything to do with anything he has said in the pulpit. It has all been things he has said in interviews with the media and that he has posted online and forums quite publicly, very so, publicly, not related to his ministry. Yeah. I can't imagine what his ministry is like. Well, so, oh man. And I am amazed that even South Africa is getting this right. That religion is not an excuse. They're not
1: baking cakes, so they don't know what they're talking about.
0: Oh, man. Ivanka Trump has made a $50,000 donation to Pastor Jack Graham of the Prestonwood Baptist Church. Graham is a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, member of Trump's Religious Advisory Council, and a noted bigot who has worked very hard to fight gay rights for many years. (laughs) He even actively helped get Plano, Texas to reverse its anti-gay discrimination ordinance.
1: It's so funny how these people, I mean, they have a job to do, but they focus all of their energy on attacking one set of one group of people. Yeah, It's like, come on? Just go, just go preach at your church. Do what you what do what you do, but leave these people alone. But they, but they've been given power now, right? A, a lot of power. I mean, speaking to the president on a weekly basis, kind of uh-huh. power. So of course they're going to use that to. And trying to fix
0: the world. A $50,000 personal donation from Ivanka Trump. Yeah. and That's I, not a donation to his church or his ministry. No, that's straight to him. Money in his pocket. Is he but going to buy a jet, too? That seems to be the newest thing. Oh, that's prosperity gospel. Uh, I, I don't think he's, he's working prosperity out for him. gospel. Oh, man. And, and Ivanka seemed to be the... Least douchey of the family. Oh, no. Her doucheyness is way up
1: there. If she were a male, she'd be all the way up there in pro status. Oh, man. I guess you could say she's (laughs) post-status.
0: No. Uh, No. No. Oh, man. This is... Whole family's rotten. They are. They are all completely rotten. Ah, The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled 5-4 to that Trump's ban on travel to the United States for nationals of the predominantly Muslim countries of... Iran, Libya, Somalia, Syria, and Yemen to be within the powers of the president. Additionally, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, The proclamation is expressly premised on legitimate purposes, preventing entry of nationals who cannot be adequately vetted and inducing other nations to improve their practices. The text says nothing about religion. Right, so... The third version... Or second version. One of the versions of the executive order says nothing about the religion, about religion. The original one expressly called out these countries for being Muslim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that was absolutely. And they know that. That's why it Uh got shut down so many times.
0: That's why every lower court had ruled. Yes, these statements, either in earlier versions or in what the president has tweeted about it, the intent matters. So which justice uh, switched the vote? Kennedy. Kennedy is a swing vote. He
1: got paid. I bet you he got (laughs) paid. Oh my God. There's no way that you swing that vote and then retire.
0: Every 5-4 decision is Kennedy's decision. He picks which way it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's a good thing he's leaving. No, it's
1: not. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we'll be getting to that here in a second anyway.
0: Oh, man. This This is incredibly frustrating because... The precedent this paints is that presidential power is solely limited by what is or is not technically legal.
1: Well, that sets it up nicely for Mr. Trump, doesn't it? It does. Mm,
0: funny. Because if you look at, at history, there are a lot of horrible things that have been managed to be worked out to be technically legal.
1: Yeah. Like almost everything the Nazis did. Yeah. technically legal. Yep. And uh yeah. Oh, on a forward word note. Backward no. Throw forward. Anyway, we will be discussing conspiracy theories in the future. Yes. Um yeah, this 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 stinks of it, you know? <laughs> this just this just stinks of like an administration where you'd figure somebody would leak some information that they're all colluding, but there's just a few enough of them with enough money on the line to make it possible.
0: Oh, man. And it's... Intent matters.
1: Absolutely. No, this was 100% meant to keep Muslims out of the country.
0: And Justice Anthony Kennedy, the swing vote who decided poorly on that one...
1: (laughs) Decided poorly.
0: Who also was the swing vote who poorly decided the... Cake-baking case, he was the deciding vote that correctly decided gay marriage.
1: I mean, the guy's uh, all over the place.
0: But he has been pretty pretty consistently on the side of civil rights and gay rights.
1: Yes. Yes, he has.
0: Uh, aside from that, he has tended to be pretty right-wing. But he's been the centrist of the, the court, and he is now retiring.
1: So if we lose a centrist... And uh-huh. Trump gets to nominate whoever the hell he wants,
0: which he can,
1: and it's going to be fast-lined because he has control of the legislature. Yep. Then we're going to end up with nothing progressive going through for the next however many years. So the, uh, of, at least the next 40. justice retires and is replaced by somebody who's Democrat, who
0: is. It could easily, oh my God! It could easily be forty years. It could. Uh, because Trump is intentionally trying to pick the youngest possible candidates.
1: He's not stupid. Well, he, I don't know who's helping him decide, but the, he's the Heritage not stupid. Foundation. Yeah, they're not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing.
0: So they're trying to pick ideolog- Which is how
1: he got elected in the first place, yeah. I suspect.
0: They're trying to pick young ideologues. The Supreme Court should not have ideologues. So that, that sucks. We're now going to have three Staunchly conservative far right ideologues, and that is going to suck. The one chance we have is that it can be slowed down till after the midterms, not stopped, but slowed down, which means there's a chance that Trump can be forced to put forth a reasonable candidate. Mm. Which means if you have a senator, if your senator doesn't always back Trump and is Republican, apply some pressure
1: hit them hard you know hit them all hard
0: yeah uh murkowski and collins in particular those two are our only hope
1: yeah we i mean we know that here in idaho ours is ours are are such kiss asses that they're they're, they would never vote against trump yeah um well i kept kept thinking unless something terrible happens and there's enough pressure that people convince them to to Swing away. This child separation thing might be that pressure. Yeah. So, yeah. Keep laying it thick. Emails, phone calls, that kind of thing. All right. Protests.
0: Well, before the break, um, I do want to thank Carl Mamer. He was on the show years back. Uh, I want to thank him for a donation. Aw. So, thank you, Carl.
1: It will buy du- Kylie some swim diapers.
0: <laughs> and uh, after the break, we'll have the interview. All right. Atheist Nomads is proudly brought to you by listeners just like you. You can find out how you can become a patron at patreon.com slash atheistnomads. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash atheistnomads. And joining us now is Craig Wells, author of The Blasphemous Bible. Craig, welcome to Atheist Nomads.
2: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: All let right, right. Uh, let's, let's start off talking about your your book. Yeah, the Bible is one of those things that you know most well, okay, not all that many people have actually read it, but most people are pretty familiar with it. So Cliff notes it. What makes it blasphemous?
2: Well I got the idea about nine or ten years ago out of the whim to try to rewrite the Bible in a satirical manner. I remember staying with my parents temporarily while I was working was laying on my bed, on their bed anyways, looked up, saw the King James Bible, and thought, why hasn't anybody tried to rewrite it in a sarcastic, satirical manner? And I just sort of went with it.
1: <laughs> that's 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 awesome, because I know people, you know, they write about it, but never, like, going through and rewriting it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so like a... Um... Crap! I am blanking on what they call them—the the <laughs> paraphrases of the Bible, the like, the 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 Living Bible, and the like. So, kind of a, a satirical version of that. Yes. Okay.
1: For those of us who are too dumb to understand the uh, complicated structure of the sentences of mistranslated uh, ancient languages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and and the the paraphrases for you know the more common ones. Uh, They're not intended for serious study. They're intended for devotional reading because they just make it easier to understand since it's somebody rewriting it in modern, easy to read ways. Um, So could you give us some examples of of what you're doing with the the blasphemous version of it?
2: Well, first off, there's a lot of things while I was reading the Bible that, you know... You go to church, and the priest, minister, pastor, whoever, they don't talk about it. And when I was bringing it up when I was a kid, none of them knew. For example, in 2 Kings, I believe, the tail end of chapter 6, there's a common curse in the Old Testament where God is going to curse his people so horribly that Mothers will eat daughters, fathers will eat sons. In 2nd Kings chapter 6, it happens. And mm-hmm. no one I knew in the church I went to, first off, none of them admitted it till I kind of, you know, <laughs> here it Showed is. Showed to them? In your book. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Always- I'm sure you and every other person who brings something up like this gets the same old excuses, but the one I most commonly run into is you're taking it out of context.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. When you when the context has been lost for a thousand thousand years, that's that's yeah. easy to say.
2: Well, it's also a bit difficult to understand what they mean by out of context when it's literally a mother eating her baby. Yeah, that is that is difficult to take out of context. It <laughs> is, I think so. But they always gives the same excuse and uh Huh. I don't know, I think I was about... It was before I was diagnosed type 1 diabetics, always well under when I was 10 years of age, and no one was able to give me a satisfactory answer. None of them. Too smart for your own good. Well, some would agree, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that seems like one of those that... The, the explanation on it would just need to be... That's uh, just a, a historical account of something that happened... And the people who who made those curses, asking for God to make that happen, were terrible, horrible assholes.
2: Yeah, agreed. But none of them were asking for this. It was God who planned this out, not the enemies of God or the people of Judah and Israel. No, this was all God wanting to do it. Wow.
1: God was a temperamental little child.
2: God's a very petty person, um... The entire reason he decided to curse his own people, King Solomon built a better house in the temple of the Lord. Yeah. That's it, you know. Yeah. God loves bling. God doesn't <laughs> want anybody to have more blings than him. If you read Exodus, you understand how much the Lord loves His bling. He yeah, loves it. Yeah. Well, and one of the
0: things we we, we talked about before, we'll get into this more later. Is uh, you know. We were both raised in the Adventist church, and I know in more recent years, at least what they were talking about in, in college and at the seminary was that, pointing out the fact that Satan doesn't exist in that part of the Bible, and so you've got the same stories in Samuel King's, with God doing something that in Chronicles, Satan is doing. And Yes,
2: I noticed that very quickly, too.
0: yeah that's something that's now actively acknowledged because there's no avoiding it. Uh, yeah. And it makes it much easier to say, yeah, God just didn't want people to start worshiping Satan, so he took all the blame, too. Convenient. Such a
1: self-sacrifice.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so what was the process like trying to write this in, you know, the, doing this rewrite of, of King James?
2: I asked my parents if I could take their Bible home and... Fortunately, at the time, they did not ask why. (laughs) (laughs) And what I do is read up into the Bible, think, what can I do to make this blasphemous, satirical, entertaining? Make the obvious parts that no one does about more obvious to the reader. And I'd rewrite it. Read, rewrite, read, rewrite. There was a few times, I think I mentioned before, the uh, mother eating the baby. At the time I was living near a university, I went down to the library and tried to get the history of specifically what happened. To sum up, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon was laying Jerusalem under siege. Babylon, at the time, was the temporary chosen people of God, and God blessed them to curse Judah and Israel. All right. No one was able to go outside the city walls to gather food. They were starving to the point where bird poop was selling as a high-priced commodity snack. I kid you not. It's That is actually in the Bible, dove feces being sold for food yeah as well as I believe a donkey's head, and that was pretty much the reason why at that particular time, anyways, cannibalism and pretty much eating your own children was happening in Jerusalem.
0: yeah, people get really desperate during a siege. I agreed all right, and then as this this process continued um how did you find a publisher that would take this?
2: That is a bit of luck on my part. I, When I finished it, I tried to Google how to properly find a publisher. I just got laid off from my full-time job. I'm working a very poor part-time job. And everywhere I'm going, they're telling me you have to either find a literary agent to do it for you... Or you have to basically print out the first portion of your manuscript, print out an introductory letter, introducing yourself in the book, and snail mail to publishers.
1: Well, that, that, didn't that doesn't out. sound very efficient.
2: No, and it didn't turn out very well. After a uh, couple of years, I guess pretty much stagnation, Shortly before Christmas, I severely broke my leg, shattered multiple bones in my ankle. Ooh. I was housebound for months. And I just got the idea of, you know what? I'm not doing anything better right now. I'm going to try and find a publisher. And I did everything that Google or my research told me was incorrect. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd go to Google, I'd go to the yellow pages, I'd literally look at the back of the books I own to um see who published those books. I'd go to the library's website and try and find publishers there, and I just mass-emailed mass everyone a copy of Genesis and the introductory Here's what the book's about. Here's a little bit about me. And I didn't limit it to my own country of Canada. I didn't limit, limit it to North America. I was emailing Australia, Japan, United Kingdom, France, Germany. Oh, Good for any you. Any place where I could find a publisher. I just emailed them. Very few wrote back. That's to be expected. My first response, a uh, Pretty much politely told me to piss off. (laughs) A few responses afterwards, I had a few publishers who were interested but claimed that there's no way we can publish this, we're too small. I remember finding Ace House and the website claimed we write, you know, or we publish more or less offensive books. Oh, nice. Yes, I... Emailed them sometime before noon, before I even went to cook my supper. I got an email back. We love it. Please send more.
1: Oh, awesome. (laughs)
2: Literally the same day. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, success.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you'd managed to find the one publisher whose model is printing the stuff that will piss people off. Perfectly,
2: yeah. (laughs)
1: That's <laughs> awesome. I like how, well, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you had, had hurt yourself so, so badly, but I couldn't help but thinking of, um, misery. Like, oh man, he self hobbled himself so he could get his book published. <laughs> this is, this a is screenplay dynamite.
2: <laughs> oh, oh so I appreciate the irony. Yeah. And the thing was, the reason I broke my leg, I was out buying stocking stuffers for Christmas. It was December 23rd when it happened. Mm. Oh my gosh. Wow. Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: and, and before we started, you were telling me a little about the editing process that went through. Was that before or after um, you got the publisher?
2: A bit of both, but um, mostly afterwards because, for one, I am not a professional editor, and also, you have to keep in mind, I originally tried to write this using King James English, so that became an editing nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the copies I originally sent him were in the uh, attempted King James English, and after literally years of trying to do that, we pretty much scrapped it and said it's going to take us at least five to 10 years for us to do this. Let's just redo it in modern English. And I think at that time, I, we only got up to, I think first or second Samuel. (laughs) And it took years just for that. Yeah. After we decided that, I. edit on my end send them what i edited and did look it over and do their own editing make sure it's professional and fix any mistakes i made and it went from doing gears to a couple of months it actually yeah, happens in record time and afterwards i got an email back what do you want to do about the uh, few books that are already written or already edited in king james and i said you know doesn't make sense to have the first portion being King James and the rest in modern English. So we pre-edited we the already edited, edited books in modern English. And as I said, it happened in record time. I am honestly shocked that my book is out for sale now because I was <laughs> expecting the editing process to still be going on. I honestly did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're right in that luck statement. That's that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and Thank you. King James English uh is something that theologians have a hard time interpreting. It's in all practicality, it is easier to learn like with the New Testament. Learn Greek and translate it yourself from Greek than to try to actually get modern meaning out of out of King James. And that's just reading it. Trying to write it. That's you would need a classics major who exclusively focused on, you know, that that early modern uh English to be able to do it. And that's oh man, that that'd be tough.
2: Yeah. It was. And well I'll just say is that um when they first mentioned modern English, I was a bit disappointed because I wanted to try to Keep it true to the Bible, but looking back, most definitely the right choice.
1: Yeah, I can see uh-huh. how it would be funnier if it were still written in the Old English way. But um, no, I think, yeah, I understand that for a modern audience, that's, that, that humor would be lost on them. <laughs> and it's impossible to edit, so yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Well, there's a reason most Christians don't use King James anymore.
1: Yeah, it's it makes for a nice... um. Bookend, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Most Christians don't read the Bible, anyways. Well, and those who do, uh,
0: only the the absolute most conservative uh, insist on King James. But most of them are dying. Yeah. Oh well, that's too bad. Oh, well, they're they're old.
2: <laughs> yeah, great.
0: Uh, they're the like my grandparents did. You know, the King James only because realistically. Modern translations, there are very, very few that are older than them. And Great. so, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, well, made sense.
2: Um, it's also a bit of um, nostalgia is not a correct, ver- it's a correct word, but it's what you grow up with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up with the King James English. I remember seeing the New International version still, well... When we got the New International Version, I already read the Bible. I read it when I was about seven or eight and had a lot of questions, but it was the King James English. I see the New International and I go, no, I'm not reading this again. (laughs) You know,
0: especially once you've already suffered through it the most difficult way you can. (laughs) Yes. All right. We love hearing from our listeners. You can email us at contact at atheistnomads.com, tweet us at atheistnomads, send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Atheist or better yet, call us and leave us a message at 541-203-0666. We might even play it on the show. You can also help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast directory of choice. Well, let's go ahead and shift gears now. Tell us about your your upbringing and your background. My parents
2: will disagree, but they'd be wrong. I grew up in a strict Seventh-day Adventist house. For most of my schooling, I went to a private Seventh-day Adventist school. Let me tell you how much misery that was. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) About what years would that have been? Like, were you going to going through school? Eighties, nineties?
2: I would have entered kindergarten around maybe eighty eight or eighty nine. Not sure when. Managed to get kicked out at halfway through grade seven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Badge of honor there.
2: Well, I I, it got me and my sister out. You know. Yeah. And uh, what part of Canada is this? Southern Ontario, Oshawa. Um, college Park Elementary is where I went to. The high school is Kingsway College. If you ever heard of it,
0: uh huh. Okay, so suburban Canadian Adventist. Yes. Oh man, I I don't have a whole lot of of contacts contacts with with Adventism in Canada. You know, classmates in college, but uh, college students are a terrible uh, comparison. Most of what I've seen is extended family members who bounce across the border back and forth, and Canadians who would come down to camp meeting in Oregon for some bizarre reason. And they made the rural Northwestern conservative Adventists look Like hippies? Yeah. Dirty hippies. (laughs) So yeah, that doesn't surprise me that you had a very conservative upbringing. But then again, even liberal Adventism is still very conservative by normal standards.
2: Really no such thing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically
0: the difference between, you know, the moderates are, are the conservatives and the conservatives are the extremists. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. So then, uh, vegetarian growing up?
2: No, and sink. Okay. S- very sinkhole. I I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I do. The Seventh-day Adventists who were vegan before vegan became what it is now, mm-hmm. everyone I remember seeing, everyone I grew up with, they all had this, not even sick, but unhealthy 10 pounds of skin draped over a skeleton look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the best way to describe it is a very skinny job of the hut. All... They looked disgusting. They looked unhealthy. And I remember the school we went to on the same property was the Adventist Book Center, which sold all the uh, Roma Linda Linkets vegan (laughs) meat. Ah, Linkets. And yeah, my family did eat them, but we kind of joked that there's so much artificial preservatives and chemicals in these supposedly healthier than meat foods. Mm Mm-hmm that I probably gave you cancer.
0: <laughs> oh, and my my uh, uncle has uh, driven some shipments of vegetables for them. Uh for for Loma Linda in particular and uh most of the vegetables when he picked them up were already rotten. Well, I'm not surprised. And they received them. So, rotten vegetables going into making fake meat. Well, the meat was disgusting to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Some
1: would argue about the
0: linkets. Linkets are good. Um, big no, are, are, no, are
2: garbage. Oh, stripples are terrible. Wham! Tastes like cardboard with uh-huh.
0: salt. Okay, when it comes to those fake meats, from that generation of fake meats, the modern stuff, the current stuff on the market, now that it's, it's cool, is uh, much better. But that old stuff, I would say the less flavor it has, the better it is. Because any
2: flavor it have would be terrible. <laughs> it was. I haven't tried, the modern stuff. I'm not going to. I've I've already, you know, crossed the border into hell, and I now eat pork and shrimp. You You poor (laughs) bastard. I've eaten a little too much
0: bacon since getting out of the church.
2: (laughs) Well, it's delicious, especially when compared to striples.
0: Oh, yeah. So much better. Uh,
2: but, okay, so in...
0: One thing I always noticed in, uh... At least in the the northwestern U.S. within the Adventist Church was that it seemed like the more conservative the family was, the stricter their diet. So the more liberal Adventists would eat meat; the more conservative would be vegetarian, and the fat shit crazy insane ultra conservative would be uh, vegan. Did you see the same kind of thing? Yes. Which ended up being really weird because, like the, the sickliness you you described with the with uh, vegans. You could tell how conservative some of these Adventists were by their appearance. And not just some of the way they dress, but the way
2: they, how healthy they looked. It the was a face, weird. that sunken in face. They all had just. I, I know it's a broad generalization, but it seems to be true from what I've seen that, like again, 10 pounds of skin draped over a skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man.
1: Well, luckily, the modern stuff is better, so I I don't think that's as common anymore.
2: Well, nowadays, vegan is getting common, so I guess you have to cater to the uh, non-Adventist vegans as well.
0: Well, where I think some of the problem comes in is you have to be very careful in how much and what you eat as a vegan to do it the healthy way. And with what's currently on the market in places like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and the like is makes it easy to do that because there's these heavily processed products that have, you know, all your balanced proteins, and amino acids, conservative vegan Adventists, at least in the nineties were dirt poor and didn't have access to a wide variety of foods to try to make up for what they weren't getting from, from animal products. So they just ate dirt basically. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it it was sad. It was, yeah. Okay, so
2: you ate meat. You had a TV, right? Yes, but from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, we were pretty much Mennonite. So no uh,
0: nature videos on, on the Sabbath?
2: <laughs> Wasn't even allowed to read books unless it was religious somehow. Oh, okay. I remember having my Bible in my room. Open up to the middle, and behind that Bible was the actual book I was reading.
0: (laughs) Good lad, good lad. Uh, Oh man, some of my uh, loopholes I'd use would be, I was allowed to watch nature videos, because nature's God's second book. So,
2: (laughs) Well, after a while, we were allowed to watch National Geographic videos. That was honestly more because, you know, we have two young children in the house... I don't know about you, but after church, you know, Sabbath is a day of rest. My parents will come home and sleep most of the day. Yep. And to do that with two kids, there's going to be trouble to begin with. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Bouncing off the with walls.
2: with two kids who aren't allowed to really do anything fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I had... One, one video I
0: had was Trials of Life.
2: Mm.
0: It was... All kinds of, some of the most grotesque predator scenarios in, in nature. I would watch that almost every week. It <laughs> yeah. was, but it was okay. It was it was Any nature. Any
1: violence, anything uh-huh. to stimulate that little brain. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I'd play with my cars and Legos, but they'd be missionary cars or missionary Legos. And so a missionary caravan heading oh off my gosh. to, uh, and then once the That's sun so would cute. go down, they'd be fighting against each other. <laughs>
2: Oh, I remember having parties and everybody, literally everybody will be huddled around the kitchen clock with that little Adventist pamphlet telling you when um, sunset was. And as soon as that clock hit, party time. Oh, yeah. Well, party time for Adventist standards anyways. We
1: had a regular hoedown, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, we were playing Rook. <laughs> yep. Not that Euchre, was, Rook.
0: Yep, that was a common one.
2: Oh man. There, you remember there was a um series of videos which were Adventist that my parents would actually not allow us, my sister and I to watch because part of the um part of the videos was these uh two, three, whatever kids time. Traveling to biblical times and witnessing Christ be the multitude or Adam and Eve and everybody in the school, everybody in the church was allowed to watch these videos. But my sister and I, because it had time travel. <laughs> wow. do you know Do you remember which? these videos or did you grow up with them
0: yeah i, I got to see them a few times uh yeah. it
2: was either at
0: um friday night youth group uh vespers or uh just at a friend's house but we never had those it was it was like that and and veggie tales and uh random stuff like that
2: i think veggie tales well Maybe not before my time, but it was after I got kicked out, and I was already in a public school, so really no need to, for me to suffer with Veggie tales. I've already suffered enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Okay. So then, then you so you went
0: to Adventist schools until seventh grade. Yes. What happened then? To
2: make a depressing story, during Adventist school, I had no friends everybody hated me and after a while i grew up to hate them i can relate and <laughs> i was such it's a little at close that to time, home there, huh? yeah <laughs> yeah at that time i was such a depressed angry miserable kid i was in a dark place and i'm gonna be honest with you i i fantasized about going to school and just mass murdering everyone, and I didn't want to do it. So I showed up to school and tried to kill myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's what got me out, and it's what got my sister out. Depressing, but uh, beneficial in the long run, you know?
1: It was a call the yeah. ultimate call for help.
2: Well... In a sense, yeah, and no one in the church anyway showed up, but then no one really cared, you know? Yeah. Well, they did. They all prayed for me. I guarantee you that they all prayed for me.
0: Yeah, but then nobody would talk about it because that'd be shameful.
2: No. And also, nobody wanted to talk about me anyways because I was a freak in school, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, there's a a myth out there that private schools are amazing and wonderful and, and great, you no, know, they seem good because they can select who their students are, and there's already the self-selective bit of parents aren't likely to pay a lot of money for a poor-performing kid to struggle more, um, so that makes the test scores look better. But part of the darker side is it's they're small enough that if you become the outsider, um, you're stuck.
2: Yeah, and I was the outsider right from the beginning.
0: You know, when I, I moved to Grants Pass and started at the Avenue School, I was the weird new uh, new kid who knew too much, and then I started getting bullied, and then I was just the victim.
2: And it pretty much sticks with you for life, you know. Yeah,
0: you know, in my case, in my case, it, it continued until I started fighting back. But
2: yeah, I remember not just the students, the teachers, the faculty members the people in the church is pretty much the only people we hung out with and even my parents you think Adventist school is bad when you go to a public school it's gonna be even worse it's gonna be even worse because they're all bullies there's Satanism I guarantee you that
1: yeah I think we had some Satanism in our high school it was like um It was mostly, like, the emo goth kids who were, like, (laughs) trying to be edgy.
2: Yeah. The truth is, not so much in College Park, that's elementary, but in Kingsway, that's where all the uh, public high school students went to get their marijuana. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That fits in line with it down here, too.
2: (laughs) Anyways, I remember wanting to go, but... Fearful because I didn't want it to be worse, and then to kind of um, further their lies. In grade five, we had a new kid who actually came from public school, and this kid was a terror. <laughs> mm. And I'm kind of going as this going. Oh crap! You're right. Public school is significantly worse. Look at this kid. They were wrong. Uh Public school, when I was finally in it, it was a harsh adjustment. Again, because I uh, grew up strict Adventist, went to the Adventist school, going to public school was almost like moving into a different culture. Mm -hmm. And also, just due to me being the uh, bottom of the totem pole, I had no social skills. Yep. I, uh, didn't know how to adapt until about, ha- um, the last year of high school, which was a very long, uh, adjustment period, but, uh, adopt I did. Still kind of affects me to this day, but in ways I honestly see as somewhat of a benefit. When endure so much abuse for so long, you kind of grow a tough skin, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. Um. Well, that got dark. <laughs> Well, my history in the Adventist church is dark.
1: They typically, yeah, you know, we we have a lot of people on the show who, who, it it is PTSD-like. You know, you you start talking about how you grew up, and it's just, it's it's overwhelming.
2: And it was also made a little bit worse for me, I just realized a few years ago, um, during school, the teachers... So Well, first off, during the few years, I was actually the top of the class. And then I went, screw it. I want out. I'm not going to try anymore. And they wanted to send me to a shrink. And the psychiatrist diagnosed me with so many mental (laughs) issues that I grew up believing. After all, it's a psychiatrist. Nope, turns out I'm just autistic. (laughs) So I was... An autistic, not diagnosed autistic, in a strict, Adventist school.
0: <laughs> oh, oh man.
1: I mean that's rough, but I, I I do have to you know keep the the glass half full here kind of thing where um you know look at look at you now you got a freaking book published that's pretty awesome Agreed,
2: yeah I, I I uh I do see it as somewhat of a benefit um. Yeah, there's there's things I would have liked different, but I look at my past, I look at my history, and I look at the person I am now. Most of my life, I did not like who I was because nobody liked who I was. Now, I like who I am, and I like liking who I am. So the truth is, I wouldn't have changed anything.
1: Oh, man, that's inspiring. That brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That really is, uh, because I can't say the same. Well, I like who I am, but if I could go back and do it all over again, I would change everything.
2: Well, it's tempting, (laughs) but life's not meant to be easy.
1: I would send baby Hitler to art school (laughs) if I could go back.
2: Sorry. I seen Hitler tried to apply to art school and got rejected, didn't he, he? He
1: did. He did. I would I would make sure that little little bait little Hitler would would get all the training to be an artist.
2: And not, you know, not
1: to not one for killing babies. So not that to like even like
2: next Hitler, but I've seen some of his artwork and he did have talent. Yeah. It's just know, a it's- few I've seen were like buildings and landscapes and you know, art that I consider—you know—I can appreciate it, but I find it kind of dull. I think that's probably what the art people thought too. Yeah. Maybe too. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I, I can—I can relate well to—too well with your—your uh, your experience in the Adventist educational system.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dustin here is pretty staunchly against uh, private and uh, charter schools for—for for that reason.
0: Yep, I, I want—I want them all banned.
2: I, I don't want them to be flat you. out
0: illegal. Yeah. Uh, and even when you have the good private schools, like on the in the on the East Coast, that furthers the class divide.
1: Oh, that's just yeah, that's just a classist um, segregation. Yeah, um, separated but not equal.
2: And well, there was system. a class divide. I remember this wasn't even so much the kids. This was the adults and teachers and members of the church saying this. For every person you convert to Adventism, you get a star on your crown in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there'd be the kids will do this too. But I remember in the church, uh-huh. I just got a star on my crown. Wow. Yeah. If that ain't class divide, I don't know what is. Uh huh.
0: You know, and and. Where were your teachers career wise like i mine were either terrible or brand new um did you
2: have a, a similar experience? Well I am looking back through a biased eye to be honest, but uh the teachers I won't necessarily say most were terrible Though I mentioned one sorry I will quickly prove that wrong, but they were incompetent mm-hmm. The reason where I say the story where they were wrong, there was a kid in our school who was a uh, son of a female minister, which was, I think, the first at the time in Adventism because there's no females female pastors in Adventism. But because he was a pastor's kid, he got away with murder. He would literally terrorize everyone. And because at the time I was a good student, he'd beat the crap out of a kid, I'd go get a teacher. He'd beat the crap out of a kid, I'd go get a teacher. There was, well, the last time this happened, he was literally kid on the ground, friend of mine, well, person I was close to anyways, Beating the crap out of the kid, I turn around, I see the first grade teacher and the fifth grade teacher watching this, turn around, and walk away without doing anything. Mm -hmm. I snapped. I beat the crap out of the bully, which was unexpected to begin with because I was literally the fat, weak loser of the school, and I just demolished him. (laughs) the teachers you know the pastor's kids getting beat up and it's by the uh, good kid yep they come they drag me out they were going to suspend me for two weeks which i was really looking forward to two weeks vacation great all the parents of the teachers who were terrorized by this kid not just bullied terrorized yeah well be screaming in tears please don't take me to school that kid's there they went to the principal and said you bring craig back to school and unfortunately i was back the next day oh i still knew i still know a few of these parents and i kind of tell them you know I was really looking forward to that two-week suspension.
1: <laughs> the suspension is almost a, more of a punishment for the parents than the kid. Kids are like, yeah, yeah. two weeks without wor- without school, that's awesome. And the parents are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do with the kid for two weeks?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the first three fights where I actually was actively participating and not just getting the shit kicked out of me, uh, two of them guys came up from behind me and started choking me and... I gave them both bloody noses. The third, it was two guys ganging up on one, so I joined in to even it out. And we all got in trouble, but I got the least... Like, I got barely a slap on the wrist. Um, You get some weird double standards that,
2: that pop up. Those double standards, I'll be honest with you, it's not just the school or the church, it's pretty much everywhere.
1: Welcome to life. Is okay, that, yeah. Really, if of all the lessons you learn in school, that's probably the harshest and most realistic is that people get treated differently. And yeah, uh, yeah you either have the privilege of being one of the lucky ones or you don't. Yeah.
2: yeah. One of the- but sometimes sometimes when you have the, um, like I did, the disadvantage of being the bottom of the totem pole, my attitude now is you can either accept it or try and work your way up. And if you do work your way up, try to bring as many people with you, you know? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Fuck the patriarchy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much my attitude. All right. I like it. All right. Well, we are
0: uh, running out of time. So,
2: Craig, um, where can people find your book? They can order it through pretty much any bookstore, though they might not have it in stock. You can order it online through the major bookstores. They can order it online on Amazon. So I just discovered recently that as far as not Amazon.com in the United States, they still have it in stock. But uh, in Europe and Canada, they sold out twice, actually. So uh, oh, wow. Well, for all I know, they may have ordered just ten, but they did sell out. Yeah. Who cares? They it sounds out, good. They sold out twice. The first time didn't impress me. The second time, I'm going okay. Accomplishment. Pat myself on the back. Oh yeah, right. yeah, definitely. definitely. Wow. Good job. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Not, not many publisher or not many uh, authors get to say they've they've sold out twice.
2: Well, on amazon anyways yeah. and again for all i know they ordered less than 10.
0: <laughs> well they probably but, figured uh canada blasphemy canadians are so nice they, they aren't gonna buy that yeah uh all right well i will have a link to that in the show notes thank and, you and uh craig thank you so much for joining us my pleasure thanks for having me and that's it for this week remember not all those who wander are lost Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at AtheistNomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at atheistnomads and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Atheist Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. The music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been The Atheist Nomads.